to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, Parables and Object Lessons, you'll learn how and why Jesus used the physical world to introduce the spiritual world to his disciples and how the laws of nature relate to the Bible. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan with Solutions for Freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone, my name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. We'd like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose uh, and our series Parables and Object Lessons. And for your reference, this is program number 37 of Parables and Object Lessons. And uh, Susan, before we get started, would you open with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Our loving Father in Heaven, we thank you uh, once again for um, allowing us to have um, the airways and the time to um, just think about you and your principles and and how you um, have set in operation the the principles of life. And so we pray that you'll help us to get another glimpse of that today, and um, we thank you once again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, last time we talked about the rich young ruler, and this time we're going to talk about the parable of the ten virgins. And, you know, as we've been finding, as we look at the Bible closely, that Jesus is constantly addressing a certain issue, and that issue is character development. And we're going to talk today about the parable of the ten virgins and about the spirit which the oil represents Mm -hmm. and when the bible talks about fruits what are they talking about fruits of the spirit spirit which is love joy peace gentleness kindness a wonderful character right? right see and so as this parable develops and as we dig deep we'll see that jesus in a metaphoric way is basically addressing two types of people when he comes right you know, and I think that that's the that's probably the best news ever is that Jesus is really talking to us about the inner things, the working of our minds and our hearts, and wanting us to see those areas that um, that each human being struggles with in a different way. But it's all the root stuff, and how um, that was his message. It wasn't like this theological construct that only theologians can understand or it's just for one group of people or for one class of people. It really is broad stretching across all social, economic, ethnic um, areas of this world and of the people of this world. And it can, um, you know, it's meant to change individual hearts. Exactly. You know, I've once heard a, a guy talking about addiction recovery and he says, you know, the best news the best news I can give you. Are you ready? Okay, wait for it. Wait for it. The best news I can give you is the problem is you. Right. I said, that's good news. Well, you can do something about that. You can't do anything about what other people think of you. You can't do anything about the courts or the law or this or that, but you can do something about yourself. Right. We all have control over 
um, you know, we have the the power of thought and the power to create that atmosphere mm-hmm. you know, that we can promote. And so, um, and the power to let Jesus into our lives. He, I mean, he, once he touches the heart, remember he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door and let me in. Right. I will come in. So is it, He's not going to barge in. He's a gentleman. So basically it's an inside job for every inside, single person. Yep, that's what we all have in cr- right. common is we are the problem. And it's inside <laughs> it's inside our brain somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that selfish fearful nature that he's trying to trying to help us with, but you know, we we try everything but him. Right. You know, today's program is is based on Matthew chapter 25 verses 1 through 13. Now, in many parts of the east Wedding festivities are held in the evening. The bridegroom goes out to meet his bride and to bring her to his home. And by torchlight, the bridal party would proceed from her father's house to his own house, where a feast would be provided for all the invited guests. In the parable, the people are waiting for the appearance of the bridal party, intending to join the procession. Near the bride's house are ten young women dressed in white, Each of them is carrying a lit lamp and a small container for the oil. They are all watching for the appearance of the bridegroom. But there's a delay. Hour after hour passes. They become weary and they fall asleep. Right. And at midnight, the the cry is heard. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. The sleeping ladies suddenly awaken and spring to their feet. They see the procession on the move with bright torches and happy music. The ten young women take hold of their lamps and begin to trim them, all of them in a hurry to go. But five have neglected to fill their flasks with oil. They didn't anticipate such a long delay, and they aren't prepared for the emergency. Okay, and this is the interesting part about the parable is is they think they are prepared. They think they're ready. They think they're right. ready. They're all they think they're pre- and I remember one time I pulled over because a guy had a uh, his name was Elmer and he had like a 72 uh Chevy pickup was restored mint condition with a little camper on it and he was pulled over on the side of the road and there was a little trickle of smoke coming out of from underneath the hood and I just knew I had a fire extinguisher and I pulled over and I looked under one side and I looked under the other side of my seats and I looked in my toolboxes and I didn't have what I thought I had. And me and Elmer, we had to stand there and his truck caught fire. Then the tires blew, the gas tank, it started the forest on fire. And it's because I didn't have what I thought I had. And an emergency is going to tell you whether or not you're prepared. Because we're going to go along thinking that we're prepared all the time. Now, back to the parable, the girls that, the, the women that don't have the oil, that they run out of oil, they're, they're, they appeal to the wiser girls. And they say, give us of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the other five, the wise ones, their lamps are good because they've emptied their containers into those lamps. And they don't have any oil that they can spare. And so they answer, not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Now, remember, this is a parable. We don't ever want to take a parable and to try to use everything in a parable to make a point. There are certain things that you use and there's certain, you got to, you have to find out what, 
the author or what Jesus is trying to to see? Is convey. he talking? Yeah, is he talking about not sharing here? No, no, because he says in in another part of scripture that if someone wants your shirt, give them your coat too, mm-hmm. right? Correct. And of course, uh, there's so many parables, so many things. I've seen that entire doctrines are sometimes built around the misinterpretation of a meta in a metaphor. Even some songs are sung uh, due to a, so. So anyway, this parable is not teaching us not to share. What is te- what it is teaching us is what the oil represents is not shareable in right. regards to you can't import it, part it to someone else. It's an inside like we're talking about. It's an inside job between you and God. Right is how to get your character transformed. Right. And right. then and when when these women are caught unawares and that they're not prepared, it's not just something that you can manufacture on your own. That's it's that's the whole point just of the like parable. Just like the fire extinguisher. Right. I There's can't no way that I you can't come up. I can't make it out of thin air. Right. It's you know, something you should have, have had in it, stock in your truck. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So while mm-hmm. the women went to buy, the procession moved on and left them behind. The five with lit lamps joined the crowd and entered the house with the bridal train and the door was shut. When the foolish virgins reached the banqueting hall, they were unexpectedly denied. The master of the feast declared, I know you not. They were left standing without in the empty street in the blackness of the night. Wow. They were waiting for the bridegroom. Right. Right. Now, Jesus told his disciples the story of the ten virgins to illustrate the experience of the church just before his second coming. The two groups of women represent the two classes who profess to be waiting for their Lord. They're called virgins because they profess a pure faith. Their lamps, of course, is a metaphor for what? For the word of God. Right. The right. psalmist says, the word, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's Psalm 119.105. So the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Um, in the book... Um, Zechariah says, What be these two olive branches which through the golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? Then he said, These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. And Zechariah goes on to say, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts. At Zechariah 4, verse 6. So from the two olive trees, the golden oil was emptied through the golden pipes into the bowl of the candlestick and into the golden lamps that gave light to the sanctuary. This was just a model or a, a uh, once again, a metaphor of what is actually happening. God's throne, there's two anointed ones, one on the left and one on the right, and they impart God's spirit to this planet. From the holy ones that stand in God's presence, his spirit is given to human beings who are in his service. The mission of the two anointed ones is to communicate to God's people that spirit, that character, that character of God that is so overwhelmingly good that it makes his word a lamp to the feet and a light to the path. Remember remember Moses said, show me your glory, show me your character, he said, and, 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 and God said, well, I'm going to have to put you in a cleft of the rock because it's a little bit bright for you to handle and then his goodness passed by his and it it described god merciful forgiving and it went on and on to describe all these character traits Mm -hmm. god's character is so beautiful and so glorious that it's beaming bright and and its presence to us right now 
would be detrimental. A consuming fire. Yeah. So uh, it's just it's just an interesting thing that so God's God communicates. Well, through through word pictures, and I think that that's how, that's you know the beauty of Jesus when he tells these stories because they were looking at at a wedding procession, and so he took the reality of what was going on, what they were looking at off into the distance, and used that to give them a spiritual mm-hmm. uh, message. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in the parable, all the ten virgins went out to meet the the bridegroom. All had lamps and vessels for oil. So for a while, there is no difference between them. You can't them. tell the difference, right. Right? right? Yeah. You can't tell the difference between them. Uh, just like the wheat and the tares, remember? Mm-hmm. Same they thing. They grow up together. As they grow up together and they look very similar. And so it's, it's the same way with the church uh, that lives just before Jesus' second coming. They all have a knowledge of the scriptures. They've all heard the message of Jesus' soon coming. And they confidently expect his appearing. But just like in the parable, there's a time of waiting. Faith is tried. And when the cry is heard, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Many are unready. They have no oil in their vessels with their lamps. In other words, they are destitute of the Holy Spirit. Right. Because without the Spirit of God, a knowledge of his word doesn't help us. A theory of truth unaccompanied by the Holy Spirit does not make us well. A person might be very familiar with the commands and the promises of the Bible, but unless the Spirit of God has set the truth home, the character won't be transformed. Without the enlightenment of the Spirit, we aren't able to distinguish even between truth and error. It's clearly revealed by many, many people throughout time, especially the religious leaders in Jesus' day. There is nothing new under the sun. They had all that knowledge. They, mm-hmm. they, um, they taught and they were held in high esteem. But when they saw the truth embodied in the life of Jesus, mm-hmm. it repulsed them. Yeah, knowledge and nature aren't on the same sphere. playing field. Yeah, <laughs> right. they're, they're not on the uh, You can be very, very smart. And have your nature control you constantly. Yeah, well, Solomon. Solomon, wisest man on the planet, right? Couldn't control his nature. Had to have not 699, had to have 700 of them. Right. Right? And you go Plus down. concubines. Yeah. You go down the line and you look and you notice people in, the, in, the, in Scripture that couldn't control their nature, even though they were very, very smart. Mm-hmm. And so we can get in, into a religious trap and, 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 and get faked out and, into thinking because we know this, that, and the other thing, that somehow we're, we're a cut above everyone else. Right. And God said, that has nothing to do with it. Right. Know me. Know my character. Not, you know, reciting Bible verses is great. It's, it's very valuable. But to not know the meaning or the one to whom those verses point to is worthless. Right. It's worthless. Right. The group of the of people that are represented by the foolish versions in the story, they're not hypocrites. They have a respect for the truth. They have advocated the truth. They're attracted to those who believe the truth, but they haven't yielded themselves to the Holy Spirit's working. They haven't fallen upon the rock, Jesus Christ, and permitted their old nature to be broken up. That's what it means to fall on the rock 
it, to be broken up so that you you that you understand your true condition right and to be open to being having that your your mind you know worked like the ground just like we talk about um it's the same with um what's described as the stony ground hearers in the parable of the sower right they right. received the word with enthusiasm but they failed in assimilating its principle so the influence isn't long lasting. So you have to, you've got to be broken enough to say, I'm willing to learn. Let and then, it take root. Right. And then, and then put the things that you learn into practice because you can right. learn, 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 learn. But if you don't actually practice those things, then they don't become a part of who you are. Right. It just becomes knowledge. It becomes knowledge. And then we're back to the same old thing. Right. So the, the Holy Spirit works on a person's heart according to that person's desire and consent. This is how we get the new nature. But the group of people seen by the foolish virgins have been content with a superficial work. They don't know God. They haven't studied his character, or, or, or they've studied a, a, a different character. They haven't held communion with him, and so they don't know how to trust. These people live in fear of God. Remember, Perfect love casts out fear. Right. And so the book of Ezekiel thirty three thirty one says, They come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people. And they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goes after their covetousness. Well, you know what? You, oh, I'm going to interrupt you there. You, you read something there in Ezekiel that I just had to underline. They hear their words, but what does it say? They will not do them. Right. Isn't that what we're talking right. about? Right. I mean, I can study how somebody hits a baseball all day long, but if I don't go out and hit it, I'll never be able to play baseball. And 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 I think, you know, we've talked about the 12 steps before. The 12 steps is a is a program of action. Yeah. So there's a lot of reading and a lot of, of going to meetings and everything, but those steps outline action. So it, it directs a person to you you participate yeah. in your in the change of your heart. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's simple um, steps that are laid out in order to help you take that action. All and, biblical based right, steps. And the and the wonderful thing is is that there's a whole bunch of people that have gone before you and done these these taken these same steps mm-hmm. and they have recovered. Yeah. And so Jesus is saying, you know, I have a whole bunch of steps and principles for you to understand and action to take. Yeah. So that your heart can truly be you can be recreated. You know, you can become a new creature. Yeah, I love using the demoniac. I know we use them quite often on the on the programs, but you know, he got that that certain prescription from Jesus that you know Jesus says, "No, don't get in the boat with me. You go, and you're going to go to meetings in the ten cities, and you're going to tell them what I did for you. Right, go participate in, in your recovery, in your recovery, and in someone else's recovery. Yeah, and tell them what I was, what you were like." And now, what? You, how you are? Right, you know? because I think one of the one of the key things that I know that I've understand in in my life and in my transformation is is that um, if we sit within and amongst ourselves, we can become very self focused. Mm-hmm. And it and for me, it was transformational to get out and to volunteer and to do something for somebody mm-hmm. else without res- expecting anything in return. I'm not saying that I'm like this saint or anything but volunteering you know if you have people that are struggling with 
you know, whatever, being, having the opportunity to help another person is, is something that just makes the heart change. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, Paul in Second uh, Timothy chapter 3 says, um, he points out that um, there will be special circumstances um, for those who live just before Christ's second coming. He says, in the last days, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Yeah. That, uh, so that kind of reinforces yeah, it's that. Yeah, pretty clear. Doing for yourself. It's pretty clear. And, and and the Bible is is constant, like I say, the more we study, the more we see that it, it's addressing this main issue of selfishness. Right. I mean, Timothy's talking about it right there. Paul talks about it. He talks about it in Romans 7, the good that I want to do, that I don't do. I'm, I'm married to this old nature. It's sin that dwells in me. That wants that, to serve self. Right, and that's why the demoniac is given that prescription. Go participate in your recovery so that we can extract. You can tell people about how you were and how I've changed you, and as you go through that, you're going to get more and more confidence in me. I know for me, the more I talk about, the more I share my experience, the more I realize how little of me was in it and how much of God was in it. And it just cha- it changes me into that, into that person that says, well, even though I can't do it, someone else is doing it in me as long as I participate. Right. And then, you know? and that, and then, you know, because we are a, a part of a, that we're all connected People um, get to participate in that part of your recovery, yeah. and they too change. So we're, it's all kind of, you know, it's that dependence that we have upon one another. That, um, you know, when when people are part, you know, you 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 get what you hang out with, right? Yeah. So if you, you want what you tolerate, right? But if you want to lay down with dogs, you're going to yeah. get fleas, right. right? Right. But if you desire to be around people who are, have a healthy heart and a healthy mind, then then we all work towards that same thing. Yeah, and participate in it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that false sense of security, getting lulled into that, um, we might even think everything's well between us and God, but unless we pour our hearts out to Him. Unless we pour our hearts out to him um, and ask him to go deep. Because no one, and, and this is the object of the parable, no one can go deep with God for you. You know what I'm saying? Right. The, the grace of God has been freely offered to every person, but it's offered individually. Right. And I know we're getting close to the end of the program, and I and I knew that this line was going to be in here, and so I I, I want to just discuss this really quick. It's in a crisis that character is revealed. That's right. And in 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 the in the hour of need, when um, the bridegroom came, that's when they all realized um, what their crisis was. Yeah. Yeah. Because one was one group was prepared and the other was not. You know, now I'm thinking about it. Now let's go back to that demoniac. Every time he tells them what Jesus did, he's reliving, he's reliving that crisis that he went through and how he was saved. And you know, because I think of that happens with me. I look back. Remember, I was reminiscing yesterday about something. I can't even remember what it was, but it was, oh, yeah. I said, what did, what did we drive back when we drove to our first NA meeting? Right. Man, when we couldn't remember, oh, it was like a Chevy Chevette or something like that. Right. And I was thinking was back on that. Us, and yeah. I was thinking of what kind of shape we were when God got us through that. And we we wrestled that dragon and we were just babes. How does that happen? 
How does a how does a babe in Christ go up against that devil? He can't do it on your own. Right. Right. And so God got us through all that. I remember we were stumbling and fumbling and we were tore up from the floor up. And here and I, I was reflecting on that going, wow, you know, there's one powerful God out there. And all I have to do is just let him work in my life. And all of us need to remember that no matter if we're struggling or if someone else that we know is struggling is that God is much more powerful than than Satan. He's overcome this world and he can help overcome anything that we're struggling with in our lives. Yeah, don't let your don't let your devil be stronger than your God. And I think that was once again, that was the message for the demoniac. That was the message for, for Mary, you know, stay at my feet, just stay at my feet and everything will be all right. And even the thief on the cross, he looked and it didn't look like Jesus was winning that day, but he liked what he saw. He liked what he saw. He said, I, I, I want to live in a kingdom like that. Uh, folks, you can get a hold of us at www.justasiaministries.com. Drop us a line. We have resources there. We have Good stuff. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg, past addicts, are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. 